leap off the page. So let us stand now and hear these beautiful words from the Gospel of John. It's when Jesus appears to his disciples, he says, On the evening of that day of the week when the disciples were together, the doors were locked for fears of the Jewish leaders. And Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and side. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the risen Lord. Again, Jesus said, Peace be with you. He also said, As the Father has sent me, I'm sending you. And with that, he breathed on them. And then he said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, their sins are forgiven. And if you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. Then Jesus appears to Thomas. Now Thomas, one of the twelve, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, Thomas, we have seen the Lord. But he said to them, unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were in the house again, and Thomas was with them. Through the doors, I'm sorry, though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Thomas, put your finger here. See my hands. Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting, Thomas, and believe. Then Thomas said to him, my Lord and my God. Then Jesus told him, Because you've seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen, and yet they still believe. This is one of our sacred stories. Thanks be to God. So I guess you can see why that, that's powerful. So you can start just instead of calling me Debbie, you can call me Thomas from now on. I am a doubting Thomas. I ask questions all the time. I have to know the truth. I sometimes even buy books that will try to, that even the title intrigues me. Have you ever done that? You just see a good title or the, you like the, the way the book feels and you go, I, I, it must be good because the cover's good. One such book was entitled, Easter is on Monday. And I'm like, okay. The contents did not disappoint me either. The, the title referred to the faith of the early Christians that the spirit of the living Lord was with them on Monday as well as Sunday. If Jesus was raised from the dead on Easter Sunday, then we can expect him to be around Monday as well. And tomorrow's Monday. For some, I remember my grandmother, Monday was wash day. Monday is a business day. We're back from spring break. So we're back at school, classes to attend, finals to prepare. Papers will be stacked on the desk, the mail to open. And Sunday, Easter Sunday, Resurrection Sunday is behind us. And it will be work as usual, and it will be a time for just normal Christianity. The, the fanfare of Easter's past, and you know what? We will not get to sing Christ the Lord is risen today for a whole year. I'm relieved, though, that John's gospel gives an account of the coming of the Holy Spirit, something Christ left with us. 
Now, compared with the flaming tongues of fire and the mighty winds mentioned in Acts, it's not quite as much. But on the evening of the Easter day, and because Hebrew, uh, the Hebrew day began at dusk, you know, it may have even been a Monday when Jesus appeared to the disciples. So their Easter was on Monday. I can imagine their panic, can't you? Eventually the Lord was aware Evidently, the Lord was aware of it too, for his first words were, Calm down. Be at peace. Peace be with you. That was the first thing he said to him. The Hebrew word for peace does not require the absence of pain or conflict, it means that everything fits together. The message here is that it is appropriate for Jesus to be there. After all, he promised not to leave them. And they were huddled in secret, scared of their own shadows. The doors were locked. The Christ was not ignoring their fright. He was addressing it to their face. And he said, be at peace. I'm here. I'm back. And I'm supposed to be here. I told you I would be back. As the Father has sent me, I will send you. Without a sense of peace, of everything fitting together, those folks weren't about to go anywhere. They were huddled in that private room. But if all of this fits together, this life, death, resurrection, the whole works, then they'd go out after that, believing that Christ was with them. And they did. But the Comforter, the Holy Spirit, had been promised to empower the disciples to go. And when he had said this, Jesus, he breathed on them. And he said to them, receive the Holy Spirit, or in other words, receive my comfort for the rest of your life. What could be more natural than breathing? There's no need for fanfares or trumpets. Him being with us forever was as normal as breathing. Monday's breath is as regular as Sundays, even Easter Sundays. Now, breath is not usually this dramatic unless we run out of it, right? So it is with the Holy Spirit, just as breathing does not call attention to itself except when it's absent. Even so, the Holy Spirit is content to be in the background, just reminding us that Jesus loves us. And is calling us to have Easter courage, resurrection courage. Because he's already gone before us. He's already died and he's conquered death. So one of the words most often used for Holy Spirit is comforter. Years ago, Welton asked me to do a message in his absence. And I spoke about the comforter in my life. I was in Koblenz, Germany, if some of you remember this story. It is a true story. And I got word that from my sister that I needed to come home, that mother was pretty much breathing her last. <clears throat> so I got on the plane, got on the train, went to Frankfurt, got on the plane, and nothing, you know, I, I was numb. But someone was sitting beside me. It was one of those two seats next to the window. And I had the outer seat, and someone had the seat next to the window. And all during the flight, very quiet, this person was just, you know, very kind, just in her, in her 
nuance in her words, just tender, just didn't say a lot, but what, you know, just being kind. And as we approached New York, the stewardess came up down the aisle and handed me a piece of paper and said, you must call this number as soon as we land. Well, I knew what had happened. So I called, uh, so I, I was walking, you know, how you're all crowded trying to get your luggage out of the overhead and not hit somebody. In, and I'm walking and I turned around to thank her because as soon as, as soon as the stewardess gave me that number and said, you need to call this as soon as we land, she reached over and put her hand on my leg and just patted. <clears throat> and when we were leaving the plane, I turned around to thank her and she wasn't there. Now, I don't know. I know what I believe, but it was a comforter. The comforter who is the Holy Spirit is the one who fills us like breath with courage to go out Monday and live as people who know this peace. Now, some people might think I know a little bit about music. Some don't think I know very much. But I do know that there's a notation in a musical score that indicates a rest. John Ruskin once said, there is no music in a rest, but there's the making of music in it. There may be a little drama in breathing, but there's the making of drama in breath. So when a great orchestra sees a rest in a musical score, it's not a signal to relax, but to get ready for the next sound. So the Christian waits for the Holy Spirit in order to be equipped with power and courage and be ready to carry the promised comforter into our Mondays. Each of us is different, but one thing we have in common is that each of us is a breathing creature. Another thing we share is the need for courage to live our Mondays and Tuesdays. For some of us, it took courage just to come here today. Against all odds of what has happened this past week, your experiences, how on earth can we believe that everything fits together? Have we put our finger in the holes in his hand? Have we put our hand in his side? But we can find the courage to get up tomorrow and face the worst we expect unless we, re we cannot find the courage unless we receive this comforter who is God. That is the food we need Monday and every other day of the week. And if we equate this word comforter with forgiveness, listen to this. Jesus said to them all, receive the Holy Spirit or receive my comfort. Receive the comforter. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. If we don't think that's a potent gift, then we don't know much about living or breathing. God's equating this comforter with forgiveness. And when I was thinking about this, it's like, in reading some things, it's like, oh my gosh, that's it. We cannot feel comfort unless we forgive someone. We all, we all know that if someone does something to us, it's not forgiving them for them. We have to forgive for us to feel better. It frees us. The ability for, to forgive is energy which heals instead of hurts and which restores broken relationships. 
It is one of the signs and wonders of the presence of God. It's his gift. It's the comforter. The text in John did hold one surprise for me. I was surprised at at Jesus using the word if. Little tiny word, if you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. That puts a tremendous amount of power in the hearts of the disciples as well as in us. It leaves everything up to you and me if we choose to do this. He's not saying you have to. But if you want his comfort, if, then you, then you have to receive this. Believing in this comfort is the greatest gift he left us. I confess I'm, I'm still haunted by that use of the word if. It puts the decision back on you and me. It puts that sermon of Jesus and this sermon... And it has no conclusion, not, well, at least not right here, not on Easter, not on the second week of Easter. Jesus has a way of pointing out the road that leads to life and peace and joy and then leaving it up to us to choose for ourselves if we choose to. So the Holy Spirit is as close to each of us as our own breath and provides courage for all who ask for it if we ask for it. If we question, as Thomas did. And you know what? The questioning is okay with God. Easter Sunday or Sundays in general are, are the easy one. It's those Mondays, those, those dark nights, you know, in the middle of the night when you wake up and you can't go back to sleep and everything is 25,000 times more important or, or worse than, than, than it is once joy cometh in the morning. And you just want to see that morning light. But we have to decide for ourselves if we, if we will accept this. So thank God for Thomas and his courage and his honesty. Thomas was not with those other disciples on that first Easter morning. See, I told you I was a Thomas. I'm always going, doing my own thing. If you've ever traveled with me, I'm the one that goes in the room that says do not enter because I want to know why I, I shouldn't enter. So I'm off doing my own thing. So Thomas wasn't with them on that first morning. Nobody even knows why or where he was. Maybe he wanted to grieve in private. And there is time and when that is appropriate. Perhaps the others had not even told Thomas. They knew he was a pessimist. They didn't want him to be there. But whatever the reason, he wasn't in the room. So later those others in the inner circle came rushing to Thomas. Then they exclaimed to him, they shouted, Thomas, we've seen the Lord. And what did Thomas do? What did Debbie do? Mm -mm. Not unless I see the marks. Not unless I put my finger in the place where the nail was. I will not believe. So spoke Thomas. And I say, bravo, Thomas. That was a person who knew that it was more important for one's own integrity to be honest than to be accepted by the group. God recognizes and affirms our refusal to believe without firsthand evidence. God recognizes this, or he wouldn't have given us the story. 
God expects people to be doubters. Also, if those other disciples were impatient and angry with Thomas, there's no reason to think that Jesus was. I do believe that he is any less, I do not believe he is any less gentle in accepting of us. When Thomas had complained to his teacher that he did not understand where Jesus was going and therefore could not know the way, Jesus said, I'm the way. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. And let me paraphrase that. Thomas, I came to show you the way to become real and an authentic person. And you are really living when you follow me. Jesus obviously loved Thomas a lot and honored his questions and his probing mind. So it should not surprise us that a week later, when Thomas was in the company of the other disciples, Jesus came and stood among them saying, Peace be with you. And then the Christ addressed Thomas, turn to him, put your finger in my side. He knew Thomas. He knew he was going to doubt. And I think that's the reason for this story in the Bible, that it's okay with God. Man, talk about a comforter, a God that understands our doubt. So whether you take these accounts literally or read them otherwise, remember the good news is that God loves us human beings enough to do whatever is necessary to make it all real to us. We don't need to shield God from honest doubt. God welcomes our questions of a seeking soul and gives us the interaction between Thomas and Jesus to prove it. Standing where we are in here in history, I suspect that few of us come to believe in the risen Christ only through accounts of an empty tomb and Easter Sundays. Friends, I know this belief comes from those dark, lonely nights in the fearful places. It comes from a whole lot of Mondays when we cry, where is this comforter now? So you see that Easter story is not just a strange saga of what happened. It's something that Christ has given us and we're challenged to accept. For me, the Easter question is this. I really believe that our Lord, if I really believe that our Lord triumphed over darkness and death, how am I going to take this new life I have been given into my Monday. What am I going to do? Well, my hope is that we all this Easter season know the reality that Thomas finally got, that revelation he was finally able to shout or to whisper, my Lord and my God. God grant that we may be in such wonderful company of doubters. And may we accept this comfort and this forgiveness and this love left on earth for us by the risen Christ, the Holy Spirit, our comforter, even on a Monday. Amen.